Hello, welcome, and happy Easter. I'm Dan Davis, Senior Pastor of Hopevale Church in Bay City, in Saginaw, and the Great Lakes Bay region of mid-Michigan. And I'm Kathy Davis, and we just want to say thank you for joining us today to celebrate Easter. So here we are once again, worshiping as one church in multiple locations. And I gotta tell you, you know, we've been married for 30 years now, and I think this has to be the very first Easter that we're not worshiping in a church building, right? Yeah, I mean, it's different and it's a little weird, but we really feel like it's gonna be okay. God is gonna meet with us as we worship this Easter. No doubt, because this is a message that's always worth celebrating. And one of the ways we're gonna celebrate that is a Hopevale tradition that we begin every Easter service with. That's right, so uh, many churches throughout the ages have used this traditional Easter greeting, and we do it too at Hopevale. So the way it goes is the person says, he is risen, and the, the other person replies back, he is risen indeed. And so we're gonna do that just like we always do. And so we need you to join with us. So um, wherever you are, we hope that you will jump in with all the enthusiasm and the kids, we especially need you on this one. Everybody stand up, which we're not gonna do because of the camera thing. And we're just gonna do this Easter greeting. So are you ready? Here we go. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Yes. And I can't wait that we get to celebrate that with you through song, through scripture, and some other great elements that we have planned for you. But now let's just begin our time with a word of prayer and invite God's presence fully into our worship experience this Easter. All right, let's pray. God, um, here we are. We come to worship you this Easter um, in May, feel weird to us, may feel different to us. We might feel very alone and very isolated, but thank you that um, you are with us. Your word promises that you are, and so we're claiming it to be true. And so we claim your presence today, and we um, wanna say thank you for that first Easter and that empty tomb and the stone that was rolled away, and we wanna celebrate the day that changed everything the day that you completed what you came to do, which was to rescue us and to save us and to make the prisoner free and the enemy a friend. What we sought to do and tried so hard to do on our own and couldn't, you did. And that's worth celebrating. And we wanna say thank you. And we wanna jump up and down and worship you and and know it to be true and tell you how thankful we are for it. So God, I pray that you would allow us to engage in this time, even though it's on a TV or on a phone or, or different. We wanna engage with you because you are real and the story is true and it's worth celebrating. So God, while we're together too, we know that outside the walls of our homes, there is um, a world that's in trauma mm -hmm. and we need you. And so we join our hearts together to pray for that today. We pray for people that are um, in danger, people that are worried, people that are giving their lives to help and serve us from doctors and first line, uh, first, um, first responders and people that are caring for the sick. 
We pray for um, government workers and people making rules and laws and things that are supposed to protect us. We pray you'd give them wisdom. We pray for protection, physical protection and spiritual protection. And we pray that you would stop this virus. <laughs> And we know that you are powerful enough to do that and we just give it to you. That's our heart's desire, is that you would show up big and you would protect us in our homes, in our community, in our state, in our world. God, we, are, we know you are big enough to do it all. And so we bring it all to you, all our worries and all our fears about what's going to happen next, we give to you as well. And we ask for you to be involved in all of those things and continue to remind us who you are, what you have already done for us and what you will continue to do as we move forward. So God, we give all that to you and we ask you to just infuse this time again with your presence that you would allow us to see you, to worship you in spirit and in truth in a way that honors the name of Jesus Christ, our risen savior. So we give this time to you and again, ask for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Happy Easter, everybody. Glad you're with us. Your name 
dead rose from their tombs And the angels stood in awe For the souls of all who'd come To the Father are restored And the church of Christ was born Then the Spirit lost the flame And this gospel truth of shall not be next song I wanted to share a scripture that I think is very apropos for our day. It's Lamentations 3 verses 19 through 22 and it says this. The thought of this suffering and wandering is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over these losses. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies endure forever. That's just so beautiful, and I certainly think it's so powerful for where we are right now. It's like somebody wrote it just now to say, uh, the thought of this suffering is bitter beyond words, and I'll never forget um, these this awful time and grieving losses. It's so powerful. It's lament. It's okay for us to lament, friends. I think that's why it's important for me to read that today. Um, because in this time of uh, COVID-19 kind of suffering, this pandemic is really difficult for a lot of us. And you've logged in and you've, you're watching to gain some hope today. And I'll tell you where I gain my hope from. I gain my hope from the scriptures and I gain my hope from what Jesus has done for us. And that's what we celebrate this Easter. So um, we can sing of the goodness of God because these laments that we have are short-term and the goodness of God is long-term. And we have to remember that, friends. We've got to wrap our minds around that all the time, every day, uh, because without that, um, we're hopeless. Uh, but with it, we have so much hope and we have the greatest hope in the world and the eternity that we'll have in heaven with Christ Jesus that's promised us. It's beautiful. So let's worship together in that hope. fails me all my days 
I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head well, I will sing of the goodness of God All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am
God in heaven. If you hadn't blessed us any more than you have already, may we be a people that say, you've blessed us enough. There's going to be a day when we see you face to face for some of us. For a lot of us, that's probably a long time away. But that day will come. May we be a people that say thank you now and say thank you when we see you. With every breath that we have able, oh God in heaven, every single breath and every day that we would worship you and you would receive that kind of honor and glory and praise that is all yours. In Jesus' name we pray and say, bless you friends so glad we could gather for worship today let's look forward to a time in the word with pastor dan This is what they felt like when it happened. And today, it's how we should feel too. Because what it meant for them, it means for us. I have watched that video many times now and it's still gives me the chills, even down to those familiar ringtones, right? To imagine what it'd be like to get that text myself, to picture this message of good news spreading like wildfire all over the world, and then to envision all the smiles and hugs and embraces and celebrations because of this one miraculous message that is still bringing hope and changing lives. The grave is empty, he is risen, Jesus is risen. This is the heart of Easter. And this is why we are still celebrating that same message today. Long ago, the narrator said, this is what they felt like when it happened. And today it's how we should feel too. Because what it meant for them, it means for us. It means for us. And so over these next few minutes, I want us to enter into the Easter story anew and afresh and talk to you more about what those three words, he is risen, can mean for you, especially in this time of such great uncertainty and heightened anxiety. 
Now, here at Hopefell, we have a tradition of reading through the Easter story together responsively, and I'd love for us to continue to do that. So even though I won't be able to hear you directly, I still want us to read through the first eight verses from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. And we'll alternate verses. So I'll start with verse one and I'll take the odd number of verses. And then I want you to respond. And in your own home, right? Just read the even number of verses. I'll read along too. And those will be in yellow. So let's go ahead and do that. Here we go. I'll start. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? Here we go. He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. Well done. As a matter of fact, I think I even heard some of you right from your own homes. Really, way to go. Well done. Now, let's go back for a moment and think about what these women experience. I mean, here they are. And from these angels, as they're hearing this message, that this same Jesus, whom you saw with your very own eyes, suffer in anguish on a Roman cross and breathe his final breath just three days earlier, that this same Jesus, whose lifeless corpse was taken down from that cross, wrapped in burial linens and placed in a sealed tomb before a sunset on Friday. This same Jesus, whom you expected to honor with your spices in your time of mourning as you came to his tomb very early that Sunday morning. Well, this same Jesus, whom you dearly loved as a friend and who you wholeheartedly followed as your Lord, he is not here. He is risen. He is risen. Death has been defeated. The grave has been conquered. It is the miracle of all miracles. This is the event that lit the flame. And guess what? Guess what? God in his sovereign wisdom entrusted these women to be the bearers of this good news. Not the remaining 11 faithful disciples who were cowering in fear behind locked door. And certainly not the well-respected religious leaders of the day whose psychotic insecurities drove them to orchestrate Jesus' execution in the first place. No, the very first eyewitnesses to the most dramatic event in all of human history, the one that we're still talking about today, were these women that Jesus had come to know just years earlier from his home region of Galilee. So what do you do when you find out incredible news like that? Well, remember, this is 2,000 years ago, so there's no texting, no phone calls, no Facebook, no Instagram, no Twitter. No, back then, in their day, in the first century, social media was this, face-to-face and word-of-mouth. Face-to-face and word-of-mouth. So that's what happened next. Back to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verse 9. 
when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things, all these things to the 11 and to all the others. The 11 disciples, right? Minus Judas, who, as I said earlier, were hiding in fear behind locked doors. Which, by the way, do you realize that we're not the first followers of Jesus to live in lockdown on Easter morning? Think about that. We're not the first in lockdown. No, it was Jesus' 11 core disciples. They were the ones, albeit for very different reasons, right? I mean, here we are. We're at home out of safety and concern for others, but they... They were running for their lives, or should I say hiding for their lives, out of fear of being arrested. And so it was these women who made the discovery of the greatest news ever, and they began to spread the word. As a matter of fact, their names are still with us today. Verse 10, it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. This is how it began, not via text like we saw in that video, but face to face and word of mouth from multiple women who had experienced the exact same thing. Women like Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others who were there. Now, I don't want to come across sexist, and if I do, I apologize in advance, but I think God knew exactly what he was doing by having these women come to the tomb first. I do. Not men, but these women. Because in my experience, both in life and in marriage, women are so much better with the details than us men are, right? So much better. I mean, come on, you know it's true. You do, right? We have this running joke in our house from years ago. When I came home from work one day and told Kathy that this couple in our church had finally had their baby. And so she asked me the baby's length and weight, and I shrugged my shoulders. Then she eased up and asked me something simpler, like, what's the name? Again, there I stood, scratching my head, cluelessly. So finally, she delivered the slowest of pitches possible for me to hit, boy or girl. And I confidently responded, I don't remember. Now, I would love to tell you that this is the only time this kind of conversation ever happened between us. It was an anomaly and it's never happened again. I mean, I would love to tell you that, but that would be a lie. See, my point is this, that God entrusted these women, these close friends of Jesus who knew him well and loved him dearly, entrusted them to capture all the details of what they had seen at the tomb, what they had heard from the angels, because you know what? This message of good news is worth getting right. It's worth getting right. And because these women got it right, the 11 apostles who heard it from them and then confirmed it for themselves afterwards, they also got it right. And then from there, just like we saw in the text video, word spread quickly. You know why? Because good news travels fast. Good news travels fast. And as all the details of this good news about Jesus took hold in people's hearts, lives began to change. And a movement began to emerge, a movement just like we sung about earlier in the service with the song, King of Kings. Remember those lyrics? And the church of Christ was born, and the Spirit lit the flame. Now this gospel truth of old shall not kneel, shall not faint. See, what's so amazing to me about this very moment that we're sharing right now, 
isn't just that good news travels fast, but it's also that good news travels far. It travels far. I mean, think about it. Here we are today, 2,000 years later, halfway around the world, we're speaking a completely different language, and yet we're still talking about the exact same life-changing, hope-giving message, that he is not here. He is risen. Jesus is risen, and so I want to spend the rest of our time sharing with you as best as I can all the details about this good news, all the details, both what those details are and why they matter, what they are, why they matter, and specifically why they should matter to you. Now, when the Church of Christ was born back around 30 AD, it was very important for those very first Christians to get the message of this good news right, this gospel of Jesus Christ. See, they knew that the real value of faith isn't just that you believe, but it's what you believe, what you believe, or should I say in whom you believe and in whom you build upon the whole foundation of your life. That in the end, what it is, who it is, right? What is it? Who is it that matters most to you? That's what's at stake with the gospel. And that's why, really, the back half of the Bible, what we call the New Testament, is essentially devoted to the gospel. It is, and not just teaching this gospel for the very first time to those who don't know it about what it is and why it matters, but it's also about reminding those who do believe over and over again of these exact same things. So take, for instance, this passage from the New Testament book of 1 Corinthians, written by the Apostle Paul. That in chapter 15, and this is some 20 plus years later, after the women first discovered that Jesus' tomb was empty, the Apostle Paul writes this, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. Brothers and sisters, I want to remind you. So these are men and women who already believe, right? They're already Christians. That the same good news the women first reported was also then shared by Paul. It was received by them and it was embraced wholeheartedly. Good news travels fast and good news travels far that in the case of these Christians that Paul was writing to in the Mediterranean city of Corinth, it was both far in time two decades later and it was far in space, a whole continent away from where this first Easter miracle had taken place, right? This is how the gospel traveled to them. But Paul, in the next verse, takes it a step further and tells us why this gospel matters. Why does it matter? Verse 2. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. By this gospel you are saved. See, belief in the gospel, in this good news, is what saves us from the just and eternal consequences of our sin and selfishness before God. And those consequences are spiritual separation from him, both in this life and in the life to come. And this gospel stated possibly what it means to be saved is that by this gospel, we are rescued from our isolation. We are reconciled back to our God and we are restored into a right relationship with him. This is what Jesus himself describes life as a capital L. Life with a capital L. This is the power of the gospel in our lives. And this is why the gospel matters. And by the way, this gospel isn't just something that you believed in once way back when. 
right? That's what it means to have believed in vain, past tense. No, it's something you believe in and you keep on believing in. You keep on holding firmly to and never let go like a drowning man clinging to a life raft in the middle of the ocean. Now, I'm going to talk more about why this gospel should matter to you personally in a moment. Let's keep going on in this passage because Paul now pivots to the what of the gospel. The what of the gospel. Verse 3, he begins, For what I received I pass on to you as of first importance. I love this verse because right here at the end, Paul cuts through all the clutter. All the clutter that, you know, while there are a lot of beliefs about God and Jesus and church and doctrine and morality that we should pay attention to, there is only one thing that should be at the top of our list. Only one thing that is of first importance. And here it is, end of verse 3, verse 4. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Christ brutally, horrifically, unjustly, sacrificially died for our sins on the cross, according to the scriptures. That he was buried and that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. Those events prophesied years, decades, centuries before. This right here is the heart of the gospel. This right here is what saves us with God. And this right here is what we need to believe, the gospel. See, it's not about going to church. It's not about being a good person. And it's not about doing religious and charitable acts for those in need. No, look at this. The gospel says that Jesus Christ died on the cross in our place for our sins out of love so that what? He could bear our punishment and secure our forgiveness. To bear our punishment and to secure our forgiveness. All of this took place on that Good Friday, the very first one nearly 2,000 years ago. You and I, we cannot overstate the importance of the cross to the gospel. And yet verse 4 is just as important. You know why? Because there were plenty of people who died on a cross back in the first century. There were, and not only that, but there were many others who went around teaching that they were the promised Messiah. But see, here's the thing about Jesus. He didn't just proclaim it. He also proved it. He proved it. See, Jesus was buried in a tomb. So Jesus didn't temporarily black out or he didn't swoon as some skeptics today like to say. No, he died and then he was buried in those traditional Jewish burial linens, wrapped up and sealed, placed in a tomb, right? Which makes this last statement all the more miraculous that three days later, on that very first Easter Sunday, he was then raised to life. Raised to life, this dead and buried human being. He defied all scientific reason and he actually came back to life in human form with a new resurrection body. And in doing so, Jesus opened up the way to God for all who truly believed. This is why Easter matters and this is why it should matter to you. Well, if that's not enough, Paul goes on to explain that even has proof that this really happened. That it really happened that there are numerous eyewitnesses who could testify not just to an empty tomb, but also to a resurrected Jesus. 
that there were many who saw Jesus with their own eyes after his resurrection. And Paul, who is still close enough to this event historically, is more than willing to name names. Look at this, verse 5. And that he, after the resurrection, Jesus appeared to Cephas, that's another name for Peter, and then to the twelve. Now look at this, verse 6. After that, he appeared to more than 500, 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. More than 500 Christians, these men and women who 20 plus years later are still alive when Paul was writing this, so some had passed away. I mean, to put this in the equivalence of our lives today, we're talking about roughly the same amount of time between now and the events of 9-11 back in 2001. In other words, Paul is describing something that is still relatively historically recent and incredibly significant, so it's still very fresh in people's hearts and minds. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and then he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And Paul goes on to say there are hundreds of eyewitnesses out there who can prove that this really happened, right? See, this is the good news that didn't just travel fast. But this is the good news that traveled very far. And that is why we are still worshiping this same Jesus today. Now, in a moment, I want to get personal with you about this gospel. But before I do, I need to go back to something that we just read. Back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3. When Paul wrote this, for what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. What I received, I passed on. What I received, I passed on. You know what? I'm trying to do that exact same thing in this message. Simply what Paul did back then. And what he said he was doing for what I received, I passed on to you. See, here's the thing about this gospel message. This good news about Jesus. That because it is the most important thing in all of Christianity, you're supposed to receive it and then you're supposed to pass it on. Receive it and pass it on. You don't add anything to it and you don't subtract anything from it. No, you know what? The church is doing its job, not when we're making up new stuff, but it's when we're passing along the best stuff. And this gospel is the best stuff ever. Why? Because this gospel, it addresses the core issues of our lives. Things like meaning and significance, security, purpose. It talks to things like our faith, our forgiveness, our freedom, our future. It's all wrapped up in who Jesus is and what he has done for us. And you know what? Not only does this gospel speak to our core issues, but it also brings hope to our contemporary concerns. That's right, our contemporary concerns. Let's face it, the anxiety of this COVID-19 pandemic, it has stripped away our false sense of peace. Our false sense of peace has been stripped away and it's made us realize how mortal we really are and how fragile our lives can be. And then on top of that, many of the things that we thought pre-COVID-19 were valuable to us, they've been exposed as the counterfeits and frauds they really are. Shiny on the outside, hollow on the inside. Things that are exciting, sure, but things that are enduring, no, no. 
And so in a moment, I just want you to think about this gospel. Because if you've been facing and wrestling with that anxiety and that unsettledness and that lack of peace, I don't want you to miss what's going on right now. I don't want you to miss this gospel. No, I want to invite you to experience for yourself the peace and the permanence of this gospel. That the security, the serenity of your soul that your Savior Jesus Christ can have for you. So how do you do that? How do you make that your own? Well, simply it's you responding to Jesus with wholehearted faith and absolute trust. It's you responding to Jesus with wholehearted faith and absolute trust. The Apostle Paul in another New Testament book called Romans, in chapter 10, verse 9, puts it this way. That if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You'll be saved. You'll be rescued from your isolation. You'll be reconciled back to your God, and you'll be stored into a right relationship with him, now, always, and forever. And this becomes yours the moment the gospel becomes personal to you. See, it's one thing to know the facts about Easter in your head. It's another thing to make those facts personal in your heart. That is the invitation of Easter. That's why here at Hope Val, we like to say this, that it starts with admitting our need for a Savior. Admitting our need for a Savior. That by ourselves, we cannot earn our own forgiveness no matter how much good we try to do for God or for others. But from there, it's also then believing that of all the things we could look to for our own forgiveness, it's only Jesus, the one who died and rose again, that he is the one who is uniquely qualified to be the Savior. Not just that we need a Savior, but that he is the only one uniquely qualified to be the Savior. Admitting our need for a Savior, believing that Jesus is the Savior, but then we need to make it personal. We need to make it personal when we confess, Jesus, I want you. Jesus, I need you to be my Savior. That's when the gospel becomes personal. That's when we become saved. And that's when our lives are changed forever. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever said this to Jesus? Have you ever told Jesus Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I want you to be my Savior. Have you ever done that? Because you know what? You can do that right now. You can. You can do that by expressing just very simply that very desire to him. You can do that through a heartfelt prayer. You can. So go ahead and do that right now. As a matter of fact, let me give you some words that you can pray to Jesus right now. And that if you want him, to be your Savior. Pray along with me. Jesus, I admit my need for a Savior, and I believe that you alone are the Savior because you died for my sins and you rose for my forgiveness. And so, Jesus, this Easter, from the depths of my heart, I am inviting you to be my Savior. Jesus, be my Savior now, 
always and forever. Amen. Listen, when you express sincere faith to Jesus like that, through a simple prayer, everything we've talked about is now true for you. Everything. The forgiveness of sins, the peace of heart, the gift of eternal life, the promise of heaven, they're all yours. They're yours all because of Jesus. That's why Easter is so great, because that's got to be the best news ever. It really does. Well, as I wrap up, I'm reminded of our mission here at Hopevale. And our mission here at Hopevale is simply this. We want to invite people to know and follow Jesus with us. We want to invite you to know and follow Jesus with us. Now, what I just talked about, that explains the first half of our mission, right? What it means and why it matters to know Jesus personally as your Savior. But then for the rest of you, I want to invite you into the second half of that mission. I want to invite you to follow Jesus more fully as your Lord. To follow Jesus more fully as your Lord. See, it's like I said earlier that you start with the gospel, but then you stay with the gospel. Because here's the thing, this good news isn't something you grow out of. No, it's something you get into. It's something you get into, and this gospel gets into you further and deeper. See, this is what it means to grow in your faith and to mature as a Christian. And so for some of you, it means that you need to keep on going. You need to keep on going and keep on following Jesus. And so right now, that just means taking the next step of trust and obedience that Jesus has for you. So this Easter, keep on going. Keep on going. But then for others of you, it means you need to come back home. You need to come back home that you have wandered from the truth. You have drifted from your faith. You have compromised your convictions. But whatever it is, his arms are wide open. And the invitation is still there for you to come back home to the only thing, the only one of very first importance. And that's Jesus and his gospel. So recapture your identity in Jesus. Reclaim your inheritance as a child of God. And then from there, as a follower of Jesus, I encourage you to take this gospel that you have personally received, and I want you to pass it on to others in your life. Pass it on. Pass it on because everyone needs hope. Everyone. And it's this word of hope that I want to leave with you this Easter. Because whatever you are experiencing on the outside and whatever you're feeling on the inside, you need to know. You need to believe that Jesus was and still is and will always be your living hope. Always. He is risen. <laughs> he is risen indeed for you. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you so much that the news these women first heard when they came to the tomb on Easter morning. They went out and then told the disciples and others of these very things. Those disciples confirmed it for themselves and then they spread the word. And that the church of Christ was born, the spirit lit the flame, and here we are 2,000 years later. 
the opportunity to receive this very gospel and to pass it on to others as of first importance. God, these are scary, uncertain, unsettling times that we are living in. But thank you that there is a foundation of peace and hope that stands stronger and endures greater than anyone or anything else we can cling to. And that is this gospel of you, Jesus, dying on the cross in our place for our sins out of love so that you could bear our punishment and secure our forgiveness. And so, God, I am praying right now for those who have taken, who need to take that first step of faith and look to you, Jesus, and say, Jesus, be my Savior. That they would know what it is to have sins forgiven, to experience true peace of heart, to receive the gift of eternal life, and to know for sure the promise of heaven. God, thank you that you are still in the business of changing lives and bringing men and women and boys and girls to yourself. And so, God, thank you that you extend the invitation for everyone to know Jesus personally. But then for your church, for your sons, for your daughters, may we follow you, Jesus, more fully as our Lord. That we would look at those areas in our lives that need to be surrendered over to you and that we would trust and obey whatever next step you have before us. God, for some of us, it means we need to keep on going. For others of us, we need to come back home. But for all of us, may this Easter be the day that we look to you, Jesus, in your gospel and say for our lives that this is of first importance to us. And because it is, Lord Jesus, we want to pass it on in the words we say and the deeds we do because we are forever grateful. So fill our hearts, Lord, with hope beyond hope because you, Jesus, are our living hope. And so we pray this confidently, victoriously, in the power of your name. Amen. imagine 
Jesus, you are our living hope. You know, that's certainly true on Easter, but really it's also true every hour of our week and every area of our lives. Again, thank you for joining us. Just a few things we want to touch on before we close. First of all, we would love for you to stay connected with us. And you can do that through our website, hopel.org. You can do it through our mobile app, and you can do it through our various social media channels. Yeah, and if you're new today, and this is the first time you've joined us, we just wanted to give a special welcome to you. Thanks for for coming along with us on this ride. And um, I wish we could look you in the eye and buy you a cup of coffee, because at Hopevale, we make some pretty good coffee. But until we can do that, would you just um, let us know that you were here? And an easy way to do that is to go to our website, hopevale.org new, and we have a virtual connection card for you to fill out. And we'd love to hear back from you and just know that you were here. And there's also some easy steps there um, if you'd like to get more connected with what we're doing here at Hopevale. And it's also a great place too to pass along any prayer requests that you have. We've certainly found this to be really helpful to join as a church for those of you who especially are going through some really rough times these days. I too also want to thank you for those of you who are continuing to give to the Lord through the ministry of Hope Hell. You need to know that your giving is making a huge and eternal difference. And if you want to give, there are different ways you can do that. You can go to our website, hopefl.org slash give give through our mobile app. If you don't have that app, simply text the word HOPEVAL to 77977. You can also mail in your gift to our Saginaw Ministry Center, or you can deliver it there personally as well. We'd also like to formally invite you back next week. So we're going to keep doing this. And we'd love to have you join with us as we continue to learn how to know and follow Jesus more. We want to do that with you. So come on along and we hope to see you back next week. Yeah, totally. Because the hope of Jesus and celebrating that isn't just limited to Easter Sunday. Well, as we wrap up, I just want to pray for God's richest blessing upon your life and pass along this blessing from our Hopefell worship team. God bless you.
children and their children. 